This morning, I want to continue on where I started last week, which was the three T's of life, because all of us are going to face these different uh, trials in our life. And I've heard that we are no more likely to make a significant spiritual decision. Think about a significant spiritual decision. Then when one of three things happen in our lives, and sometimes all three of them come together at one, and that is when we are in trouble, when we are under tension, or when we are facing transition. Last week I spoke about trouble. If you missed that, you can go back in our archive on our website. You can check that out. But today I want to talk about being under tension. And so if you just take that rubber band in your hand for a minute, you, you, most of you have been playing with it all throughout worship time, and uh, it's, it's a season of time here. We've had kids in the room uh, for the last several weeks until our kids' church gets started. So if a kid's acting up beside you, no, don't, don't do that because they will... They will probably get you back. But, uh, you know, this rubber band really doesn't serve much of a purpose when it just kind of sits here like this. It doesn't really activate its full potential until you put it under some tension. Now, when you, when you expose this rubber band to some tension, then it's necessary, it's useful. It can actually be wrapped around something. It can be used for something significant. It can help you to keep things organized or to keep them in their proper place or proper perspective. And so when we, as followers of Jesus, are under tension, we have to look at this for a moment and say, okay, is God just trying to take me out? Is God just trying to steal all of my fun? Or is there a better purpose for the tension that I am under? I'm coming through a time of trouble. I'm entering into being under tension, and I may be going through a transition. God, what are you trying to show me through this time? Let's just define tension. Tension is being stretched tight. I would say in in spiritual uh, terms, it is mental or emotional strain when something is under tension when you work out and you exercise your body you're putting tension on your muscles so that they will respond in being built up but now I want to also highlight another word that we are very familiar with in our society and that is hyper tension which is an extreme amount of tension almost to a breaking point if you look up hypertension it's also known as high blood pressure we actually have diagnosed medically that when we get into hypertension mode our blood pressure rises and the tension that is going against the the walls of our veins and our body is being pressed and stretched to where it can be unhealthy if we are entering the mode of hypertension but i want to also define the third one extension if you if you get beyond tension or you reach beyond or you, you add enlarge your life, you prolong something through extending it. And so let's look at these three this morning. Tension is a, a stretching. And in Acts chapter 15, we have this amazing passage of Scripture that I'm so glad that we have this from the early church. And here's what I love about Scripture is that Scripture doesn't sanitize or just whitewash everything away that was uh, maybe a little unsavory or maybe not uh, the, the best of, of mode, but Scripture gives to us everything just exactly as life unrolls itself, just exactly as things are. And we find in Acts chapter 15 that the early church was in a time of tension. Actually, a dispute had arisen. In verse 1 it says, And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren. And here's what they were teaching now. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, 
You cannot be saved. Now, this is their doctrine. This is what they were teaching people who had just come to knowledge of Jesus. They had accepted Jesus as their Savior. And now certain men had come down and said, you know what? It's fine that you want to do that Jesus thing. It's okay if you want to call yourself a Christian, but you cannot be saved unless you are circumcised according to the way Moses said it. Now, for the men in the room on Father's Day to hear at full-grown age that you have to be circumcised to be saved, that is a lot of tension, and it would put most of us into the second category of hypertension. That would start to raise our blood pressure if you've not been circumcised. For the kids in the room, you can tell them that at the appropriate age and time and explain that whole story to them. Verse 2, it says, Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, okay, so there was a little contention, a little fight here. There was a, something that rose up, and Paul and Barnabas said, wait a minute, that's not the gospel we received. There was no small dissension and dispute among them. They dis- determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders and ask them about this question. They, 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 wanted a, a, they wanted to appeal this doctrinal matter, this tension that was happening in the early church to the, the higher elders of the church. The Jerusalem council was going to take this under advisement. This was uncharted waters. Now, we look back at this today and we say, well, of course they didn't have to be circumcised to become Christians. Of course this wasn't the way it was, but in this time, this was new territory. They didn't really know, and there was a dispute. Should people be, be observing all of the law of Moses and be circumcised and do all the things that Moses did so that they can be saved? And so these were doctrinal issues that were being worked out. See, tension arises when what you want and what someone else wants is not the same. C.S. Lewis said it like this. It said, C.S. Lewis said that we become friends because we see the same truth. You, 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 your heart gets captured by someone who sees the truth the way that you see it. They walk the walk the way that you subscribe to life. And so tension arises when what I want and what you want are different wants. They're different things. And now there is a tension. And most of the time, the only solution for a tension that arises between individuals is a mediator. And that's what Paul and Barnabas said, is we're going to go and we're going to get a mediation on this matter. We're going to go get a fair hearing from the Jerusalem Council and find out what they would say about this. And we're going to come back to you and tell you what they determine. And, you know, this is why I so deeply respect the law enforcement officers of the United States of America, because when the tensions are rising, they are running to the tension, not away from it. You can give them a hand. That's okay. That's good. I'm a volunteer chaplain at the Lebanon Police Department here locally, and I can tell you there has been no greater time of tension amongst those who put on the uniform as probably the days that we are living in right now. And so we do need a mediation in our country, but it's not the high court. It's not the Jerusalem council. We need a mediation from God almighty to come and change the human heart because that is the only hope for America. Somebody said the hope for America is the church. No, the only hope for America is Jesus Christ and a changed heart. That is the only hope for America. It always has been and it always will be the only hope hope for America. Now, I would take that a step further and say, how are they to hear unless there is a preacher? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? And so we, as the church of Jesus, are to be the proclaimers, not just the people on this stage, each and every single one of us as the church of Jesus Christ are to be the proclaimers of this good news, of this gospel message to the world, to our world, to those around us. 
and we bring that message to bear. Look at Acts 15 and 19. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in all the book of Acts. It says, here's their conclusion. Here's the mediation. To solve the tension, they said, therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. Here, here was, their, here was their, their conclusion to the matter. You know what? Circumcision is important. It's important to the law. There are certain things that if you would do, your life would turn out better. There was reasons in the Old Testament for circumcision. One of them was sanitation. It just made good sense. There were just good rituals and rules according to the Old Testament. But here's what they determined was whether circumcised or not circumcised, the circumcision of the flesh is not as important as the circumcision of the heart, which happens spiritually, mysteriously, instantaneously when you come to say yes to Jesus. And so when you say yes to Jesus, that circumcision of the heart means that there's a cutting away of the coldness of the flesh of your heart. And so you've said yes, and a spiritual reformation begins here on the inside. It will eventually show up on the outside, but it starts on the inside. And so here's what they determine. Listen, we're not going to make high standards to where people have to measure up and they have to clean up and they have to get it right first. We're not going to make it hard for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We are going to make it whosoever will call on the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. That's the gospel message. See, what we want to do is we want to clean people up and puff them up and powder them out and make them all look right before they come in. And that's not the gospel. The gospel is we're not going to make it hard for people who are turning to God. Now, if you've been turning to God for quite some time and there's been no evidence of fruit in your life, if you've been serving the Lord for five years, 10 years, and 15 years, and you're still going through the rudimentary religious orders and you're still going through the basics of Christianity, then I think there might be a a remedial class you need to get into. There might be something that we need to just grow you up a little bit through the word, but I'm talking about those who are turning to God. The mediator said, don't make it hard for them. You know, this is our third core value of the vision at New Freedom Church, it's evangelism. Evangelism isn't about the notches on our belt, how many people that we can get saved, but evangelism is giving and offering a pathway to those who are far from God that they might draw near. Those who are far from God that they might have a pathway to draw near. That is evangelism. Evangelism is not knocking on doors. There's nothing wrong with knocking on doors. You do it now in today's age, they'll probably talk to you through the ring doorbell and they won't let you in. So the methods have to change. When the times change, our methods change. But our message never, ever changes. Jesus saves. Salvation is offered for everyone. Jesus saves. Now, maybe your problem, maybe your tension is not over a doctrinal dispute. Most of us in this room probably do not take up doctrinal issues and dispute them and and exchange our ideas on doctrinal things. But maybe your tension today, maybe where you're sitting today, what you're going through, maybe your tension is a emotional tension. Maybe it's a mental strain. It's just that your job isn't particularly hard, but you go home tired and worn out because your mind has been in overdrive. What that is, is not just tension. You have entered into hypertension. Most people that I come in contact with in a weekly manner, they are in hypertension. Whether they realize that their blood pressure is high or not, they may have perfect blood pressure, but they are in a hyper mode. They're in an extended time of tension to where it is in overdrive in their life. And hypertension is extreme 
pressure. We also call hypertension, the Bible talks about it as worry. And Jesus talked a lot about worry. I've heard it said, this is a couple of quotes I found, uh, they're just anonymous. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. Worry is the interest that you pay on a debt that may never come due. I said anonymous, but I've heard this man say it so, so many times. I don't know if, was that your dad that told you that? I don't know, someone told you that. But he said that to me so many times. Worry is interest that we pay on a debt that may never come due. Why would we do such a thing? Well, Jesus talks about worry in Matthew chapter six, and we find in this passage of scripture, the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. This is the greatest message ever preached, and we find tucked right in here these great words on worry. Just for context, uh, we're going to look at verse, um, we'll start at verse 28. It says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither grow nor they toil nor spin. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Verse 31. Therefore, this is, this is a, a summary of everything that was said previous to this point. Therefore, do not, say it with me, worry. Jesus is telling us today, don't allow yourself to get into the place of hypertension. Don't allow yourself to stay in a mode where you're all the time flustered and messed up and just busted and, and you can't stand it and you're disgusted and you're mad and you're angry and you're worrying and if this happens then that's gonna happen. If they say this, then I'm gonna say that. And all this worry, Jesus says, therefore, do not worry saying, and then he starts listing all these things. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Well, what shall we wear? Talking about our natural and normal provisions. We have to wear something. We have to drink something. We have to eat something. But Jesus said, don't worry about that. For after these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first. Look what we're to do first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness right standing before the father and all of these things what you're going to eat what you're going to drink where you're going to go where you're going to live what you're going to do for a career all of these things will be added to you therefore he says it again do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things did you know that a day can worry jesus said tomorrow is going to worry about its own thing. So if tomorrow is doing, tomorrow is worrying, why are you and I borrowing the worries that's already being taken care of by someone or something else? We're just borrowing, we're just paying interest on something that may not even come due. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Just take care of today, why? Because no one is promised tomorrow. We live as though that we're going to go on and on and on. We attend funerals and say, oh, poor them. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, they died. Of the, yeah, they, oh, way too soon. But we don't really internalize and think that, you know, today could be my last. This could be the last day for some of us. And tomorrow is already worrying about itself. Jesus said, just worry about this day. Just focus on and take care of today for it is sufficient for itself. In 2020, 
is a year of prayer around New Freedom Church. It's a year where we are going to seek God and we're going to communicate with God through our relating to him in prayer. The time that we give our hearts and our minds a rest and we turn it over to him. Here's what I want to tell you about worry. There are some things that you can't counsel out. There are some things that you can't talk out, calling a friend on the phone and talking about the whole thing. There are some things that you can't medicate out. There are some things that you can't figure out, but there are some things that God just simply wants you to pour out in a form and a fashion of coming before God and saying, God, these weights on my shoulder, this worry, this tension that I am under. That's why I said that when we are under tension, because that's what tension feels like. It feels like a pressing. Tension feels like it's going to push you down. And so when we are under pressure, when we are under this tension in our life, God simply says to us, you can keep it. You can overthink it. You can get hypertension. You can worry about it. You can talk to all your friends about it, or you can simply pour it out. You can give it to me, which is extending it and giving it to God. And so extension is to prolong or to extend or to, to uh, get beyond something. I want to talk to you here for just a moment about how to break up with worry. Now, there are over 7 billion people on this earth. And most of them I have never had a tension with and neither have you because you've not met most of them but most of us know what it means to have an ex to have a breakup we have ex classmates we have ex uh, uh, co-workers we some of us have ex uh, in-laws or ex family members ex friends or ex relations we have exes in our life we know what it means and what it feels like to go through and to experience a breakup. Well, I want to share with you how to break up with worry this morning. That you don't have to continue walking under tension and you can break up with tension this morning. Mark uh, 3 and 1, I love this, this story. It says, as he entered the synagogue again, a man there was there with a withered hand. So they watched him closely to see what, whether Jesus would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, step forward. Just you, you with the withered hand, step forward. Jesus identified this guy from out of the crowd. He noticed that there was something about him that was ailing him. There was a tension, there was a, a pressure in his life. And he said, hey, you with the withered hand, I want you to step forward. Then he said to him, then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. This was the ones that would contend with Jesus kept silent. Because they knew that they were already outmatched, they were outwitted, they were in way over their head when it came to Jesus asking a question. The best thing to do was just, let's play this out and see what he does here. And it says, when he looked around at them with anger, Jesus was angry. You know, you can be angry and not sin. There's just a time limit on it. It's before the sun goes down. So Jesus was looking at them with some anger. He's like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this to this guy. Being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man... Now, here's what he said to the guy that stepped forward. Stretch forth your hand. Mind you, this is a guy with a withered hand. It was like the, the, the muscles had drawn in and his hand was withered. And so he couldn't use it. It was inoperable. It was not in the full range of motion. Jesus identified him, told him to step forward. 
And now he is going to identify the one thing that the guy is most conscious about in his life, probably the most anxious about, and that was his withered hand. The one that he was trying to hide. You know that thing that you're trying to make sure nobody else sees, that insufficiency, that deficiency in your life that everybody knows, but you just want to kind of hide it? Well, that's this guy. Jesus already called him forth, and this guy is standing there with this withered hand, and Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. Stretch forth your hand. Well, Jesus is asking him to do what he, number one, can't do physically on his own. And number two, the, reveal the very thing he didn't want to be seen. I'm trying to hide this, Jesus. What are you doing exposing it? Now, here's what will happen. When you and I step forward to say yes to Jesus, there will be a conscience crisis. We're going to have a crisis of conscience to be challenged to expose the very insecurity that we have tried to hide all along. Newsflash. Everybody else has seen your insecurity already. Everybody else knew the guy had a withered hand, and Jesus said, by faith, take that withered hand and reach it forward. Now, I don't think that he could reach like I'm reaching, but he could probably have done one of these. Put it up there. And Jesus said, reach forth your hand. Now, look what the scripture says. It says that, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other one. Get that. His hand was restored. His whole Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they may destroy him. If you are going to break up with tension, if you are going to get beyond worry, you're number one going to have to be called out by Jesus. Be willing to say, here, my Lord, send me. I'll go for you. And then reach out your hand. You're going to have to be willing to reach out your hand to Jesus. And when you reach out your hand to Jesus, what you're saying is it's a sign of surrender. A, 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 a hands lifted like this are a universal sign of surrender. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to get this guy to do, was just to surrender that weakness and give it to God. And when we give our weakness to God, our infirm feelings, our worry, our tension, our stress, our doubt, our fears, we pour them out to God. It says that as he did this, he was healed. The guy wasn't healed when he stood up. The guy wasn't healed when he walked forward. The guy wasn't healed when Jesus was being anger with all of the things happening, but he was healed as he reached out his hand. Here's the thing you gotta know. Regardless of how much good you may do, you gotta realize there will be some people there are bent on your destruction. They're bent on getting an angle so that you look bad. That's what they were doing with Jesus. He had just healed a man and said, oh yeah, that's fine. You showed us up today. We're gonna get you tomorrow. We're gonna lay in wait, Jesus. We're gonna trap you. You gotta get over what people think and what they say and get a heart and mind concentrated on God because they were gonna trap Jesus one way or the other. They actually ended up putting him to death for crimes he didn't even commit anyway. But it didn't matter because he said, is it lawful to do good or evil on the Sabbath day? And God's asking you today, is it lawful to do good or evil today? What is it that you need from the Lord? Well, to break up with tension, you need to stretch out your hand. You need to be willing to give out of your hand those things which you have been holding on your own. You know, those things which you are gonna take care of on your own. No, God, I'll take care of this problem myself. You just step aside, God, I'll take care of this one. If that guy with the withered hand would have said, no, I'm not gonna reach out my hand, I've got this. I've made the best glove for it you can possibly make. 
I've bought the best garment to cover it that money can buy. See, that's what we want to do. We want to take care of things ourselves. But when we stretch out our hand and we give it to God, we break up with tension and we say, God, this is yours. First Peter 5 says, therefore, humble yourselves. Now, I've said it like this. Either you can humble yourself or God will have to humble you. I would much rather do the first one. Humble yourselves, therefore, into the mighty hand of God, that he, who? He may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care. How much of your cares? All of your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Acts 15 circles back around, and it closes with something very amazing, that there was... After this great relationship that Paul and Barnabas had, they, they got this wonderful answer from the Jerusalem council. It says, the Bible says the two of them had a contention. So there was tension again at the end of this chapter. And it got to be so tense that they said, you know what? I'm gonna go to this city, you go to that city. I'm gonna take this person with me, you take that person with you. And it says that they went to opposite ends and they ended up ministering the gospel in more places than if they'd have stayed together. That's why I wanna tell you, do not despise the tension that is in your life today. Because the tension in your life may be the training ground to get you where God wants to align you. It may be the very thing that is positioning you to the next level, to the next step, to the next pathway, to the next place where God is calling you to be. That tension is important for your development, for your spiritual growth. And there is no better time in all of your life to make a significant spiritual decision than when you are in trouble, when you are under tension or you are walking through transition. And can I tell you that sometimes all three of those things align at once. It forms a chapter in your life. But how many knows that a book is not made of a chapter? A book is made of many chapters. God is writing a story. God is doing something beautiful in our day. God is doing something beautiful in our time. Someone asked me not long ago, they said, what do you think about all this coronavirus and this lockdown and all these things and wow, all this stuff that's happening. And I said, these are exciting times to be alive. She said, are you okay? I said, these are exciting times to be alive because the light shines brightest in the darkness. And God is turning many hearts to himself. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you are turning hearts to yourself. God, help us not to make it difficult on those who are turning to you, but help us to provide a pathway where those who are far may draw near, that there could be an opportunity today to break up with tension, to get rid of it, to extend our hands and give you the tension. And in prayer right now, I just want every person who will just to take your hand and to reach it to heaven right now. Put in that hand the tension that you're facing and make this declaration. Today, say it with me. Today, this tension that's in my hand, I reach forth my hand to give it to God. And open your fist, just open your fist, just open it up. And an outstretched arm with an open hand a palm up to God saying, God, symbolically, I break up with tension. I pour out to you because I know you care for me. And it's in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.